welcome to another podcast episode from our series on infant baptism. This is episode number three. And the title, the title, we have titles now. The title of today's episode is How New is the New Covenant? Uh, I'm Pastor Stewart from Christ Church Opelousas, and with me as always is Pastor Brandon Neely, lead pastor of all of Christ Church. Where are we going today, Pastor Pastor B? Well, well, it is entitled How New is the New Covenant? You see, one of the arguments against infant baptism is that we are in a new covenant. But we need to define the word new. Is it new as in right off the assembly line? Is it new to me? Or is it new to me? <laughs> or is it renewed? Ooh, a renewed covenant. Okay. What degree of continuity? That's the the big word describing this topic. Okay. What degree of continuity is there between the old covenant, meaning the mosaic, and the new covenant? Okay. Okay. And this is a very big topic. And where you land on this will um, help you, yeah. you know, land on where, you're, where you go with uh, infant baptism. The more that I get into this topic and read and study and think through things, the more I see that it's such a categorical question. It's like if you don't have the right categories, it's difficult to even begin the conversation. That's right. You have to understand covenant, and you have to understand really large swaths of the Bible. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. yeah, so let me just give a foreword to everybody, just a little pastoral heads up, a little encouragement. Okay. If you're really going to understand this, if you really want to understand it so that you can not only receive it from me with uh, teachability and eagerness and trusting God that he's given you the pastors that he's given you, but if you're going to really learn it for yourself, you've, you've got to uh, study it. And so mm. what that means, and I'll just tell you what I do, is I listen carefully, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times. I take notes as I listen, and I make sure I get all the Bible references down mm. so that I can follow the flow of the argument. Mm. Yeah, see, I see be, what you're because saying. Because it's a complicated argument that spans uh, 6,000 years of redemptive history. Right. <laughs> it goes back to Adam. Yeah, that's a and, lot. Yeah, so it's a big argument, and it requires um, an attention span, yeah. which I don't have, and it requires um, <laughs> listening comprehension skills. Right. Right. Which um, I do have, but not everyone has. Right, right. I lack reading comprehension skills, but the Lord's blessed me with listening comprehension skills. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I and uh, so, get it, But yeah. when I listen, though, I am uh, outlining, mm-hmm. I'm writing the main points, I'm keeping the thesis, the premises, and I'm putting all the Bible verses so that I can follow the flow of thought. I got it. And so I would encourage everyone to do that, Okay. to do that. If, if they're really going to examine it to see if it's so, mm-hmm. they need to really put in the work. And so that would be my encouragement on how to do that with these podcast episodes. Okay, awesome. So we're going to begin in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 15. Okay, okay. And this is just a warm-up. Doing a little study in this uh, myself lately, actually. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, we're preaching through David and Goliath right now. Mm -hmm. And so, lo and behold, we find a covenant. It's a covenant between Jonathan and David. Who would have thought one of those would be in the Bible? Oh, man, they're everywhere. (laughs) So, But we can look at this covenant... And we can see that it has the same features mm-hmm. as all the other covenants in the Bible. Yes. Uh-huh. It helps us to understand the, the very concept of covenant. Right. And so this is just going to be a warm-up. We're just going to take a look at this covenant between Jonathan and David mm-hmm. before we launch into the big ones you know, between God and Abraham. Okay. Okay? okay. So just a little warm-up. If you want to read for us, we're going to begin in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 15. And I'd encourage everyone to listen Carefully. Okay, here we go. Starting in verse 15, 1 Samuel 20. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness 
When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow on the third day, behold, if he is well disposed toward David, I shall I not then sin to disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. So we see already, we see that he is calling God to be a witness. Mm-hmm. God witnesses our covenants. He mm-hmm. enforces them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is, in fact, putting curses on himself. Yep. They're called um, self... Um, Ooh, the word just left my mind, but they'll, it'll come back to me in a little bit. Self-deprecating. Well, it's not self-deprecating, <laughs> but he's putting um, maledictory oaths. That's the word. Whoa, that is... Uh, that's a big one well, right I'm going to put that one away. I'm going to put that one away <laughs> for later. He's putting that on himself. He's saying, if I break this covenant, may I be killed. Okay. You see, this is... Yep. Con- this is There are terms and conditions of covenants. Yep. There's yep. promises, there's blessings, there's terms, there's conditions, There's yep. and he's even taking an oath himself. So there's a witness? Yeah, there's the witnesses. Lord. Right, mm-hmm. and obviously the two of them who are entering in the covenant, those are witnesses as well. But there's the well, they're the parties of the covenant, David and Jonathan. Okay, parties of the covenant. Then you got God a, between them as a witness, as just a witness. like in a marriage covenant. God is between; He is the ultimate witness. Yep, and he's and, he's making this oath between God and David. That's right. The right. oath is really in the presence of God, mm-hmm. in the name of God to mm-hmm. David, mm-hmm. and he's even taking these self maledictory oaths. There, said, there it is again. Uh, <laughs> if I break this, may I die. Okay. Have this done to me, just as our covenant with with uh, with God. God says mm. when Jesus passes through the the animals with the Abrahamic covenant, He says, um, "If the co- terms of the covenant are broken, then whoever breaks them must die." Well, we break the terms, but then He substitutes for us. You see, that's the beauty of the gospel. Got it? How can we be in relationship with God? Right. Substitute. That's because right. Because He takes Amen. the cu- curses so that we might receive the blessings. Amen. So this is this is all a part of the. The nature of covenants yeah. in the Bible, yeah. in the Hebrew worldview. I see it. All right, let's keep reading. Okay. Uh, starting in verse 14, If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever, when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Notice the blessings that he's calling for. These are sort of the... He's uh, saying, don't cut me off. Don't cut me off. That's yeah. right. He's saying, uh, don't cut me off from your steadfast love. That's mm-hmm. a technical term. Steadfast love is hesed. Okay. That is Hebrew for covenantal love. Okay. And it's steadfast because it's never, you know, it never quits. Got it. It goes on, and he even says, forever. But notice the covenant. This is very interesting, and this is the aspect of all the covenants in verse 15. Do not cut off your steadfast love from my house. Mm. So not just himself, but... His, all the generations to come after him. His descendants. Every covenant has covenant succession. Mm-hmm. It's in every single covenant. All right. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So remember me. People are going to be cut off. Don't cut me off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't... He Look, this is what's amazing. This is why this is a gospel covenant. Jonathan knows the gospel. Okay. He says, when God cuts off all the enemies of David from the earth, mm-hmm. remember my descendants. Mm. You get that? Boy, yeah. that gives me chills. Okay, okay, okay. That gives yeah. me chills. So he's talking about all the way down oh, the Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, does he know that Jesus is the son of David that comes to judge the earth? Does, it definitely seems like ooh. he's got a clue. Like, he doesn't know his name. He doesn't <laughs> oh. know, but he sees a trajectory. He knows what's coming. This makes my eyes water. He, like, when he, when he makes a covenant with David, he hands him his sword. He hands him his robe mm-hmm. because he knows he's the king, the anointed one. 
Mm. Mm. This is all. This is this is like Adam handing his throne to Jesus, the second Adam. Mm. I I was the heir, but my family lineage is is dead. Mm. You are the heir. Don't forget my descendants. Mm. What a covenant. What a beautiful covenant. Amen. Verse 16. Let's keep going. Verse 16, and Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Wow. Notice once again, house of David, mm-hmm. house of Jonathan. So there's a there's a succession, there's a lineage. Mm-hmm. I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same as the promises to Abraham. Right. Verse or, 17. Well, so that was 17. Um, now we're picking up in verse 42. Yep, we're going to skip ahead to verse 42. Right. And then Jonathan said to David, go in peace because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring for a little while. Nope, it says forever. <laughs> That's what so a beautiful, cool. what a beautiful covenant. Yeah. Now I just I just picked this one out of the Old Testament as a example. I mean, it's literally what we're preaching on Sunday. It was just right there, mm-hmm. right there. And, and we know the fulfillment of this is forever. But right there in the book of First Samuel and Second Samuel, we see David after he's anointed king, asking his servants, "Is there any descendants left mm-hmm. of of Saul or Jonathan?" Mm-hmm. Jonathan was Saul's son, right? And they say there's one man left. His name is Mephibosheth. He's cripple. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and David calls him in. He's scared that David's going to kill him as a threat to the throne, as a rival. Mm. But David, it says he remembered his covenant with Jonathan. Mm. And he had mercy on Mephibosheth, and he essentially adopts him right. and gives him a seat at his table forevermore. Gives him, gives him all of his father's lands back. Mm-hmm. Yep. He gives him all of his land, his possessions, mm-hmm. and renews that covenant that he had made with Jonathan in the name of Jonathan because he remembered his covenant with Jonathan. Mm. So that's, this is... So this is what when God saved them out of Egypt, He remembered His covenant with Abraham. You see, it's that mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. covenantal. Um, that's the dynamics of covenant in the Old Testament. And His covenant, Jonathan's covenant with David, was executed on Mephibosheth. He um, he, he, he f- got the benefits of it. Mephibosheth received the benefits of that covenant that was made right. uh, without him, which Jonathan never really saw. Right? No, Jonathan just said, "Don't cut my, don't forget my descendants." Yeah, that's right. And David swore a promise to him and to all of his descendants. Right, right. Oh. It's it's it, it's beautiful. It's right. beautiful. Right. Amen. And that's just one example. Right. We could go through all the covenants in the Bible. We can go through the covenants that we have today, and we could unpack them and compare them and contrast them with all these same various elements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the parties, the terms, the blessings, the curses, the the succession. All of that. Mm. So now let's let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. okay. We're going back to Genesis chapter 17 and the covenant with Abraham. Now this, the two parties are God and Abraham, not okay. Jonathan and David. Okay. But we're going to see some of the similar dynamics. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and read chapter 17, verse 7 of Genesis. Okay. Here we go. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. So we see the promise. Mm-hmm. It's to Abraham and to his offspring, mm-hmm. to his generations, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Mm-hmm. It is an everlasting covenant. Right. right. The promise is summed up in to be God to you and to be God to your offspring after you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a national promise exclusively. This is not physical blessings or material blessings. These are full spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. I will be your God, mm-hmm. 
I will be God to your children. Okay. That's the gospel. Yep. Now we know later from the book of Galatians that that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Mm-hmm. We know that Abraham believed on that gospel. We see the promise came to Abraham and to his children. Mm-hmm. He received those promises in faith, mm-hmm. and it was imputed to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's how you get saved. You mm-hmm. believe the promises. Mm-hmm. First, the promises come to you. Mm-hmm. You believe in faith, mm-hmm. and you are saved. Mm-hmm. And those promises went to Abraham and went to all of his offspring. Okay. They still are to this day. Okay, I got it. All right? And the promises are spiritual. I will be God to you. Mm-hmm. I will be your God, and you will be my people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moving on to verse 8. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So we have the offspring of Abraham, which mm-hmm. we know would be like the stars of heaven. Mm-hmm. They will inherit the land, mm-hmm. which we know from Hebrews chapter 11 was mm-hmm. never just Canaan, but that was just a type of the earth, Okay, the, the future heavenly Jerusalem, the new creation. Mm-hmm. Abraham knew that as well. Mm-hmm. He knew that it wasn't just Canaan, right? Read Hebrews chapter 11 if you'd like to study that. So you have, we have his offspring. We have them in the land. Yep. Right? An everlasting possession. It's forever, Mm -hmm. and it's summed up with the spiritual blessing of, I will be their God, Mm -hmm. and they will be my people, essentially. Yep. Yep. Okay? So that's the promise made with Abraham. That's the Abrahamic covenant. Okay. The terms, the conditions, the parties included, et cetera. What is, how does Abraham receive these promises? By faith. Mm -hmm. By grace, through faith. Yep. You know, he is saved by believing on Jesus. Mm -hmm. The one who would come, the seed of the woman, mm-hmm. the offspring of Abraham, who would accomplish the terms of this covenant mm-hmm. by being torn apart and having his blood poured out mm-hmm. like the animals in the, the covenant with Abraham. Right, right, right. See what I mean? This was, this was not unlike um, when Adam walked with God in, in this earth, mm-hmm. and God had a covenant with Adam, mm-hmm. and he sinned, and he had to kill the animal mm-hmm. in order to atone for Adam. Mm-hmm. See, Adam had a land, but he was excommunicated from the land. God promises Abram, you're going to have a people, an offspring, I'm going to give them a land. And it's Jesus who fulfills the terms of that, the second Adam, Mm -hmm. who accomplishes basically the whole point of the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's the covenant with Abraham. Now we move to the covenant with Israel. Okay. And now just so people can know where we're headed, I want people to see, all right, we're going to show our cards here. Okay. See that the promises are the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's based on God's remembrance of the covenant that he made with Abraham. Okay. And so what I'm saying is that the covenant with Abraham mm-hmm. is essentially the covenant with Israel. It's the same thing. Under Moses. It's a restatement. It is a, it is a renewal, mm-hmm. and it also um, blossoms a bit. It, okay. More is added to it. It's fleshed out a bit. And okay. There's various nuances and different administrations, but it's essentially the same everlasting covenant. Got it. All right, let's read in Exodus 2, verse 23. During those days, during those many days, excuse me, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. The cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. So see, this is Exodus. Excuse me. This is Moses. Okay. This is the Mosaic covenant. Yep. This is God remembering Abraham, Mm -hmm. and he establishing his covenant with Israel. Same blessings. Mm -hmm. You see that? I do. I do. All right. Now, we go over to the New Testament in chapter 8 of Hebrews. Okay. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8. Okay. And we see some similar wording. Okay. 
Hebrews 8, 8. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. You see there. Okay. So we remember that the promise was to Abraham and to his offspring. Right. His then, offspring include two main groups, Israel and Judah. Okay. And and they have offspring as well, mm-hmm. called the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay. So God made a promise with Abraham and all of his descendants. And it carries all the way down. They When they came out of Egypt, he remembered that covenant, and right. he made a covenant again with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Mm-hmm. And now in the book of Hebrews... He's quoting from Jeremiah, and he's saying God is going to establish a new covenant mm-hmm. with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Yeah, it's Jeremiah 31, 31. Yeah, and, and that's Jeremiah 31. It says, uh, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same parties, right. Abraham and his offspring and God. Okay, mm-hmm. Same parties. Um, but is it the same covenant? Is it a totally new covenant, like out with the old and in with the new, but the parties still remain the same? Mm-hmm. I would argue that it's not a totally different covenant, but that it is the full blossoming of the same covenant. It's just being fleshed out a little bit more each time. It's each fleshed time it's out fleshed a little out bit a little more, bit. absolutely. And it is um, uh, anticipated in the old, and it is realized in the new. Okay. 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 Um, Jeremiah 32, verse 39 is going to make the point a little bit more. I will give them one heart and one way, and they, that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts and that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. Now, that's the new covenant. Were there any similarities in the new covenant with Jeremiah and the covenant that was made with Abraham? Well, obviously, it's covenant succession. We see that immediately. We see it's to their children as well. Right. Uh, An everlasting covenant, meaning it never stops. Same exact phrase. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The, I see some new stuff coming up. I will put f- the fear of me in their hearts that they might not turn from me. See, we, we get a, yeah, it seems like a a, even more, a even more of pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. right. And so the, and it's interesting to say, so the fear of the fear of the Lord going into their hearts, that they, there's a purpose behind it, that they may not turn from me. Because what's been the problem up to this point in the book of Jeremiah specifically and all the Old Testament? No covenant succession. Yeah, well, and the, they, the kids keep falling away. They keep falling away. And That's so right. God says, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. We're going to flesh this out even farther, and you can't turn away from me. And he says, I'm going to plant them in this land. So we, we still have this land promise that we had back with Abraham, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Now, look at Exodus chapter 6. We're still just doubling down on the same point. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Let's see some other com- com- um, uh, commonalities here. Okay. Starting in verse 6, Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Amen. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give that land to you for a possession. I am the Lord. So in Abraham, under Moses, mm-hmm. and with Jeremiah's prediction of the new covenant, quoted mm-hmm. by Hebrews in the in the New Testament, it's all the same thing. for the Gentiles, yeah. we see the land, we see this promise of, I will be your God and you will be my people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's all done in the name of, it says this right here, I swore 
uh, as I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, it's all the same, essentially hey, the same covenant. Yeah, but will... it's but it's it's growing. Mm-hmm. You see, what does Paul say in the book of Galatians? He says the old covenant was like an heir when he's a child. Right. But right. then, and he owns the land and everything. But then he grows into maturity. Mm-hmm. He's making mm-hmm. that argument to tell them, "Don't go back to the shadows and the types. Mm-hmm. They were good and they had their place. But we're now reached the full maturity." Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? But it's all this. Con- there's this built-in continuity. Right. Same parties: Abraham and his offspring, house of Judah, house of Israel, meaning all the Jews and their kids. Right. Same promise given uh, to Hebrews chapter eight, verse eight, to the Christians. Mm-hmm. The Christian Hebrews. Mm-hmm. You see all of that? I do. So yeah. just to sum it up, the promise to Israel is the promise to Abraham, mm-hmm. and it's based on the covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. It's new in the new covenant because it's renewed. Right. You know, it's renewed. It's uh, the, the Messiah has finally come. Mm-hmm. The final fulfillment is here. And the grafting in of the Gentiles to the existing covenant is That's happening. certainly new. Right. That's exactly right. But it was always in the old, see, because Abraham, the promise was to him that his through his offspring, he would be a blessing to all the nations. Right. That's why the terminology grafting in is so important, because it's not like there's just a new shoot that's coming out of the ground somewhere else. Well, it's a wild shoot, he says. Mm-hmm. And he takes those Gentiles and he grafts them into the olive tree. Right. Right. Which is the patriarchs, the promises to Israel. Mm, amen. And you see, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, makes us plain that we have those exact same promises. Mm. But we got more to say here. Let's let's continue a little bit deep, more. bro. This is deep. Where right? are we at? Are we, am I losing everybody, you think? No, I'm here. Let's go. I'm all in. All right. I don't know about them. Wake up. Go get it. Look at Galatians <laughs> chapter 3, verse 17. Okay. Here we go. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul the covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. Okay, real quick, he's just saying, yes, there was a time of Moses, there was slavery in in Egypt, but that doesn't annul a covenant previously ratified by God Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so as to make the promise void. No, the promise of Abraham remains. Amen. He says, for if the inheritance comes by works of the law... Mm -hmm. You know, that's not how we bring the inheritance. It's through faith, right? Mm. Well, then it's no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. It's always been a promise. It's mm. always been salvation through faith in Jesus. Mm. Even in Genesis, he said to the woman and to Adam, that's right. the offspring of the woman will come. That's, that's right. the gospel. Right. Believe in Jesus. The enemy will be defeated. Believe you, in Jesus. You screwed this up, but he's coming. Don't worry about it. It's in a rudimentary form, but it's the same gospel, it's and the it's the same covenant. That's covenant. Being re, it's being restated and expanded every time it's brought up again. Exactly. Look mm-hmm. at Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Paul says the very same thing about the Abrahamic promises mm-hmm. that he mentioned in Galatians 3, 17, mm-hmm. that he said were not taken away by the Mosaic covenant. Okay. Okay? The okay. same one that we mentioned this whole podcast, he says in Galatians 3, 27... For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's talking to a Christian church. Mm-hmm. They're all baptized. They're united to Christ, the symbol of that being baptism. Mm-hmm. In this church, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, right? Mm-hmm. There's no longer a distinction between Jew and Gentile in the New Covenant. That's mm-hmm. one of the beautiful uh, re- revelations of the New Covenant, Okay, is that okay. the dividing wall of hostility is taken down. The dietary laws are done. Right. Right? It's now right. one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Right. That's why the Judaizers were in so much sin, because they were trying to make Gentiles become Jews, mm-hmm. as though there was some sort of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's why Peter got in trouble. Right. Because he was misunderstanding how, how it works. Mm-hmm. It's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Jew and Gentile united together in one tree. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The roots of being Abraham. I got it. You see right there? I got it. And then he goes on and he says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, and if you are Christ's Christian church in Galatia, mm-hmm. made up of a bunch of Galatian Gentiles, then you are Abraham's offspring. Man, what? Heirs according to promise. Boom. Not according to law. Amen. According to promise. And, and so the what are the same thing as Abraham, the same thing as Adam and Eve, the same thing as... It's it's all. It's the same thing the in Exodus when he freed them in, from Egypt. We look at Exodus and we're like, oh, those are laws and stuff. Yeah, but those are gracious laws given to him to them so they know how to live. Right. It was all done because he remembered his covenant with Abraham. Right. That's why he says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I saved you. Mm-hmm. Now, have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't obey to be saved. We obey because we're saved. Right, right. Amen. It's all by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. It's all one everlasting covenant that he's had with mankind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With, with his elect, mm-hmm. and he and and he is going to um, fulfill that, and he did fulfill it in Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's really new. That's really new. Mm-hmm. So when we say new, whatever we mean, we do not mean it's a totally new. The whole old straight out of the box. Away, we're just starting over again. No, it's this is all continuous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 8, verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law into their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. It's Jeremiah 32 again. It's the Jeremiah uh, covenant promise. Ezekiel 38. It's the same thing. Amen. And it's the exact same terms used with Abraham. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How about Revelation chapter 21? Want to go to the last book of the Bible? Let's go. I'm all in. Revelation 21 2. You want to read this one for us? And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Boom. Boom. Now, what's new? What's new? Because it enters into the realization. It's no longer the old Jerusalem. Right. That was just a type and a shadow. It's the new Jerusalem. It's perpetually being unfolded throughout the entire Bible. And then in the new covenant, it becomes realized. Mm -hmm. It's no longer the lambs. It's the lamb. Mm -hmm. It's no longer Jerusalem. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. No longer the temple in Jerusalem. It's the the, uh, true temple, Mm. the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. his church, Mm -hmm. holy Zion. Yep. You see, it was it was slowly um, revealed in the old covenant, right? And then it becomes new in the new covenant, but it's always been there, right? Right. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. In fact, when when and this is made clear in the book of Hebrews, when Moses is told to build the temple, mm-hmm. he's building it off the blueprints of that heavenly temple. Mm-hmm. That's right. So the that's new right. was actually there before the old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like God right. had in His mind the full blossoming of the flower. Even when he planted the seed, right, it was always there, right, growing and growing and growing. When the when the spring arrives, we say, "Now oh, that's new. It's renewed. It's spring. The flowers are blooming." Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the the all of that was packed into the seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see it. That's cool. Well, I hope people are seeing this. It's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> all right, let's see if we have any other aspects we want to bring out of this. I think there's one more. And here it is. That covenant was always with the children as well. And their house. And house, house of Israel. House of Judah. And the generations after you. And, and those after you. And the nation. Always. Yeah. So when we come to the new covenant, the New Testament, mm-hmm. and we don't see any verses that say 
the children are out on this one. Right. In this final fulfillment. Right. Now the kids are out. Right. All the way up to this point, mm. they've been in. Right. But now this new, the final blossoming, the greater, the better, mm. the more glorious, mm-hmm. kids are out on this one. That's crazy. But see, I, I, what happens is you only read the New Testament. You don't read the whole context of the Bible. Yeah. And so all you have is the practicalities that you know Paul's given you live day to day, Ephesians. You get some weird illustrations about how things wrap up in Revelations. And then you get the book of Hebrews that references some old stuff, but you're like, this is good enough. I don't need to go on. Then you got to dig. You oh, and, then, and you're it. born into a radically individualistic culture with also a dispensational right. framework. Right, right. You inherit that. You don't even know that it's there. But it factory is. settings. <laughs> you see, but we're we're blowing up those factories. We're re- reprogramming. Yeah, blowing up those old systems, though. Yeah. But you had to be a student of the whole Bible for this stuff to. Well, really I mean, hang it, well it's called shoulders. the gramma- historical grammatical approach to scripture, mm, mm-hmm. and that uh, scholars use when they study the texts. A lot of people are doing the grammatical part, especially in the Book of Acts. Yep. They're like, "Hey, it never says baptize babies." We see we got to do the historical grammatical. Mm-hmm. You have to consider the context. Mm-hmm. When Peter stands up and says the promises are, are for you and your children, he's just copying God's promise to Abraham. He's just saying the same thing. Right. right. What do you think those hearers would have heard? Right. right. If he would have said the promises are to you individually, your houses are no longer in it, mm-hmm. your children are no longer in it, it's no longer to the house of Judah and the house of Israel, it's only to individuals and it stops with you. That would have been absurd. The reason why the Bible never says, okay, and baptize children is because that would be the epitome of redundancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, but it does say, and baptize children. The problem is that we assume that it doesn't say that. Like, (laughs) they and their whole household. Good point. But that doesn't include kids. Good point. It doesn't explicitly say um, infants, nursing babes, take them and baptize them. It doesn't have to. Because that's understood. It's, it's understood, but it's time. also, it's clearly implicitly said. Right. If it's implicitly said, it's said. That's a law of logic. Right. And especially if it's implicitly said with the covenantal succession of the entire Old Testament coming the, behind it. The only Bible and they're reading the authors, is the Old Testament. Right. All the authors of the New Testament books are assuming the entire Old Testament the whole time. And when they say, go and read the scriptures, what are they talking they're about? They're talking about the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, right. You see it now, but how many years... Was I a Christian and I never saw it? I've been a Christian for 18 years, and this is just now starting to make sense to me. So there's that. And for some reason, God called us to be pastors. <laughs> we should write a book. We should. <laughs> Listen to this right here. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 10. You are standing today, all of you, before the Lord your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the sojourner who is in your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. That's the houses, Mm -hmm. the households of Israel and Judah. Mm -hmm. So that you may enter into the sworn covenant of the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is making with you today, that he may establish you today as his people, and that he may be your God as he promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It is not with you alone that I am making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing here with us today, before the Lord, our God, and with whoever is not with us today. 
That's you and me. That's the kids. That's mm-hmm. covenant succession. Mm-hmm. Right there on the banks of the Jordan River. That's our great-grandparents right there. <laughs> They're renewing that covenant promise that he made with them. Right. Right when he, he brought them out of Egypt in the name of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Amen. Well, and we just went through in the book of, uh, what was it, Hebrews, I think, where we talked about how we are being included, grafted in, brought in. Duh. Absolutely. That's it. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. That's why in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, it says what we said earlier, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. Mm. He's quoting Jeremiah 31. Right. Gentiles are grafted into a covenant that he makes with the house of Israel and Judah, a.k.a. the offspring of Abraham. Amen. We're grafted into that same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Romans chapter 11, verse 16, if the root is holy, that's the covenant people of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. so are the branches. Mm. Right? Romans chapter 11, verse 17, but if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. Why not? Romans eleven twenty, they were broken off because of their unbelief. Mm. But you stand fast through faith, so do not become faith. proud, but fear. Right. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Boom. So, this is a category buster right here. It is. It most definitely is. It means that you can have the covenant promises. Oh, snap. And Say not it. have faith and die and go to hell. Mm. You can have the covenant promises and not be elect, in other words. True, that too. You That's another way of saying it. In the covenant. You can be in the covenant. Absolutely. Benefit of the promise of the covenant. But you can also simultaneously not be elect. You can be a branch in the olive tree. Because you don't have faith. That's what he just said. You don't have faith. And because so you, of their unbelief. Yeah. You, you don't have faith, so you die in the wilderness. Mm. You mm-hmm. exchange your, your inheritance for a pot of stew. Mm-hmm. This is why we can read the Old Testament. It's the same story. It's the same gospel. Right. 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 They weren't saved by law. They were never saved by law. No, never. Mm. Abraham believed. Amen. Isaac believed. Jacob believed. Ishmael didn't believe. Esau didn't believe. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And why the Edomites got wiped off. They didn't believe the promises, even though the promises um, were for all the children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing for us. Our children have promises. Amen. Just as Abraham's children did. Mm-hmm. Just as all the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Mm-hmm. We have the same exact promise. Mm-hmm. But just because our children have the promise, just because we have the promise, doesn't mean um, that we can be arrogant Amen. and boast. No, what does it mean? We must persevere in faith. You see... Hebrews chapter 10, verse 28, if you profane the blood of the covenant by which you've been set apart, mm-hmm. then you need to understand that God is a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. He will judge his people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, the category here is that not everyone in the new covenant is elect. Right. There is no way to square the verses, especially in Hebrews, mm-hmm. with that concept. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there are branches that can be broken off because of a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, every branch in me mm-hmm. that does not bear fruit is cut off and thrown into the fire. How can there be a branch in him that doesn't bear fruit? Because they have the promises, right. but they don't believe. They're a part of that covenant succession, Yeah, but they right. don't believe. They're not elect. They don't have faith. So Boom. make your calling and election sure. Ooh. Now you know what that word means. Mm-hmm. Now you know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Persevere mm-hmm. in the faith. Right. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. All those wonderful things. Wow. For the good news came to us just as to them, Hebrews 4, 2, but the message they heard did not benefit them. Talking about those who died in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Why? 
because they were not united by faith with those who listened. What a warning to us today. What? <laughs> it's the same warning for us today. Oh, man, this is fantastic. There is not one verse in the entire Bible that says children are now removed from the covenant promise. Mm-hmm. It's assumed. It's implied. It is flashing bright lights. Mm. Children receive the promises too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they need to believe. Right. Now, when we baptize, just as they did in the Old Testament circumcision, we are giving them the sign mm-hmm. of that promise from God. Right. God is saying, hey, you're mine. I claim you. Mm-hmm. You're a branch in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're a lamb that I hold to my bosom, mm-hmm. Isaiah 44, I believe. Right, right. You are a little child, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And this is why it's the responsibility of the parents to train up the children in the ways of the Lord. Parents are guardians, managers, stewards. Right. They've been given a stewardship over Jesus's little child, mm-hmm. his little lamb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you um, offend one of these little ones, mm. woe to you. You see, I'm here, I'm here, and honestly, I'm here as an advocate for what I believe firmly to be the truth. I'm also an advocate for the little babies. I believe that, (laughs) I'm serious, I really do believe passionately that Jesus wants Christ Church Mm. to see the promise and to receive and embrace that promise Mm -hmm. and to remember those little kids, those little lambs, Mm -hmm. and to give them the sign of that promise, the Mm -hmm. sign, to say, you know, God has a plan for you, God loves you. Mm -hmm. Believe in that promise, believe in that promise. Mm -hmm. What are we to, what what is it that we're saying if we say to them, I don't know if God has a promise for you? Mm -hmm. You see, do we want them to believe? Yes. On what basis do they have a right to believe? Those new covenant promises. Mm. So they have the new covenant promises. Mm-hmm. Amen. So they need to believe them. Mm-hmm. The sign of baptism is not the sign of faith, that their faith is the sign that God has given them promises. Mm-hmm. It's the sign of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Amen. See what I mean? Amen. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. To exclude children would not be progress at all. It would be a denial of the promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not new covenant. We mm-hmm. need to embrace the promises. Amen. Amen. That's good enough for today. <laughs> that was a long, dramatic pause right there. <laughs> I, I got so many notes here. We're just going to have to save that for another time. Well, you know, we got more for episode four. Episode four. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode number three of our series on infant baptism. You can find these and other resources anywhere that you find podcasts. You can subscribe to them in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, any of those places until we get canceled. You can also go to wearechristchurch.com to find our feed there as well, or go to sermonaudio.com and search keyword, We Are Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.